Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast, Bible College Curriculum for February the 17th. Let's go ahead and open this moment of of study with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming on here today. I pray that you're good spirits, the Holy Spirit, of course. Let's go ahead and pray the Our Father again, and let's focus on um, who our Father is. He's reverent. He's holy. He's King of kings. He's Lord of all creation, our Creator. Let's take a deep breath, let your shoulders drop, and let's do it again, please. Our Father, who art in the heavens, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our wrongs as we forgive those who are wrong against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the big leagues. Today's study out of Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men shall revile and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Amen. In the CEV Bible says, God will bless you when people insult you, mistreat you, and tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. Be happy and excited. You will have a great reward in heaven. People did these same things to the prophets who lived long ago. Amen. Okay, so that's constantly, even if you're Christian or not a Christian, it's just something the world does, you know. Talks evil and gossips and so forth. So let's go ahead and do and be happy and excited. How do we be happy by ourselves? By stop condemning ourselves. Stop putting ourselves down. We're alive in every effort of trying to do good. It's a winner. It's a success. Amen. We can turn it around. We can turn that action, that tone we did around. Yep. Maybe it wasn't the best example. But let's just thank God that the, the light is in us. Thank God. And we choose to be excited That's the best talk you ever did. That's the best demonstration you ever done. That's the best witnessing for God. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. We're excited. We're happy and joyous. We choose to be happy. We choose to be excited in our walk, in our talk, in our commission that we've been commissioned by God to demonstrate to others that the light lives inside of us. Amen. However faltering it may be, it's a success, and people are rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. We've got to be thankful. 
at all times, yep, it probably was our fault. But if we thank God for it, God will help us turn it around. And guess what the enemy is going to remember? Or the people that are thinking. They're going to remember our courage. They're going to remember our tenacity, our faithfulness. We're going forward, doing the best. We may not be the best, and our mind tries to tell us, oh, you did this, you did that, and try to regress. Let us just be excited, folks. Be excited. We're alive. We're in the fold. We're in the kingdom of God. There's so much to be thankful for. And this world here cannot even put a candle onto the kingdom of God, into the people of God. We are in it, and we're in the right place in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. Let's just get excited about our walk. and Stop beating ourselves up, up that we did this, we did that. Let's just choose that we did the best performance there is at that time, and we grow from there. Amen. All right. Kenny Copeland says, when persecution comes, don't sit around whining about it. Don't waste your time feeling sorry for yourself. Despite what you may think, that persecution hasn't come because the devil gets his kick out of picking on you. It comes because you become a threat to him. It comes because you put the word in your heart. And he knows that if he doesn't get it out, you're going to cause him more trouble than he can handle. So rejoice. Heavy-duty persecution means you made it to the big leagues. It means the devil is taking you so seriously that he's sending in his best players in an effort to get you out of the game. The players that make it to the Super Bowl don't look for some way out of it, do they? They don't say, boy, I sure I wish I didn't have to be in that Super Bowl game. Those guys are the biggest, meanest players in the country. Maybe I'll get sick and I won't have to play. No, they relish the opportunity. Let me, Adam, they say. I worked all my life to get here, and now I'm going to prove I'm the best. That's how you should be when the devil challenges you. You should accept the challenge with joy, knowing you're going to come out a winner. After all, your God is sufficient. There you go, to see you through. There it is. He never stops and wonders if he's going to have enough resources to get poor little you over your problems this time. He knows he can beat anything the devil brings against you. So when your, your persecution comes, trust him and rejoice, knowing that you made it to the big leagues now. Amen. Hey, hey, welcome to the big leagues, folks. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19, please. CEV Bible says, Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing that is like walking through fire. Be glad for the chance to suffer for as Christ suffered. It will prepare you for even greater happiness when he makes his glorious return. Count it a blessing when you suffer for being a Christian. This shows that God's glorious spirit is with you. But you deserve to suffer if you're a murderer, a thief, a crook, or a busybody. Gossip. Don't be ashamed to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God that you belong to him. God has already begun judging his own people. And if his judgments begin with us, imagine how terrible it would be for those who refuse to obey his message. The scripture says, if good people barely escape, 
what will happen to sinners and to others who don't respect God. If you suffer for obeying God, you must have complete faith in your faithfulness, in your faithful creator, and keep on doing right. Amen. Whatever we do for the kingdom, guys, whatever we do, even a cup of cold water, we will be rewarded. So, folks, rejoice and be glad that you're trying. Rejoice and you're glad as you are your standards are not God's standards. We're moving forward, folks. We're doing the right thing. Amen. When I started this podcast, I didn't know what to say. I kept having problems coming up with information. I had to read other people's readings and come on, Holy Spirit, get it. It was terrible, but I said, that's the best thing I ever done. It's the best podcast. And some of you people say, well, that's, you got to done better there, Fernando. And I'm, yes, in many ways. There is always room for improvement. It's the biggest room in the house. Improvement starts with thanking God that we had a chance for our efforts. Thanking God that that was the best example of action yet. And just keep thanking and praising God and believing that we have the best actions, good actions that are in the kingdom of God. Praying for others, believing others will be saved and demonstrating the Christ within us. Praising him and thanking him because most of the suffering we get is talk here in the United States. I hear that when I went to Bible college, they said that about 10,000 people a year lose their lives over preaching the gospel or they get persecuted or they get uh, imprisoned and whipped and so forth so let's go ahead and pray for them let us not take this too lightly it is a very surprising thing let's go ahead and um, pray heavenly father we thank you lord god for all the people around the world that do your work lord that seek to do your work and the love to get people saved. We pray for all the countries around the world, Lord God, and that we pray for those missionaries, Lord God, in heavens, those preachers that are out there, Lord God, that put their lives on the line and their families, Lord. We just pray that you would comfort them, save their souls, Lord, protect them, Lord God, and Lord, heal their wounds, Lord God, restore their love, whatever, Lord. Just fix them up, Jesus. Hold them in your arms and fix them, Lord God, in the heavens. Protect them, Lord God. Have them use wisdom, Lord, as far as demonstrating through actions, Lord. You don't necessarily have to preach and be of contempt with the Word of God, but demonstrate your love by the actions, which is a safer demonstration to do, right? In the name and the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may God bless them all. And give them wisdom, Lord God, in the heavens. Don't bring on unnecessary persecution to themselves. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you, Lord, for being our Savior. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for coming out here today's podcast. I love you. God bless you. If no one told you they haven't loved you, I love you. I give you a hug, respect, and love, consideration. We are the body of Christ. We're brothers and sisters. Brand new people, shining with, smiling with our 32 teeth intact. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. Bye.
Thank you, everyone, for coming on here today. From Faith to Faith, our daily devotional, Praise Jesus, our Bible College curriculum, February 18th, Sin-Stained or Blood-Washed? Are we sin-stained or blood-washed? Article by Kenneth Copeland. In Hebrews 10, 16 and 17, it says, So we are made holy because... Christ obeyed God and offered himself once and for all. The priests do their work each day and they keep on offering sacrifices that can never take away sins. But Christ offered himself as a sacrifice that is good forever. Now he is sitting at God's right side and he will stay there until his enemies are put under his power. By his one sacrifice, he has forever set free from sin the people he brings to God. The Holy Spirit also speaks of this by telling us that the Lord said, When the time comes, I will make an agreement with them. I will write my laws on their minds and hearts. Then I will forget about their sins and no longer remember their evil deeds. Amen and amen. What an encouragement. The Bible tells us that under Levitical law, an animal had to be offered every year to atone for the sins of the people. The word atone means to cover, and it's used continually throughout the Old Testament. But let me tell you something exciting. It's never used in the New Testament. The Greek word used to describe what Jesus did for us on the cross is a different word altogether. It doesn't just mean to cover, it means to remit, to do completely away with something. Do you know what that means? It means there is no longer a sin problem. Jesus solved it. When you made him your Lord, he didn't just cover your sins. He put you into right standing with God and recreated you by the Spirit as God, as if sin had never existed. But if you're like many believers, you haven't fully grasped that magnificent truth. You're caught up in what I call a sin consciousness. You keep thinking of yourself as sin stained instead of blood washed. Well, after all, brother, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace, you say. No, you're not. No, you were an old sinner But grace changed you forever into the very righteousness of God. You are now His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. It is not being humble, it is being ignorant. As far as God is concerned, your past life is forgotten, forgiven. It died the death of the cross, your past life. Think about that. Let it sink into your consciousness until you can rise up boldly and receive that freedom from sin that's yours in Christ Jesus, the freedom. Receive the righteousness that only the Lamb of God can give. Amen. Let's go ahead and read Hebrews 9, 11 to 26 now. Hebrews 9, 11 to 26 <clears throat> says... Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now here. He also went into a much better tent that wasn't made by human hands and that doesn't belong to this world. 
Then Christ went once for all into the most holy place and freed us from sin forever. He did this by offering his own blood instead of the blood of goats and bulls. According to the law of Moses, those people who become unclean are not fit to worship God. Yet they will be considered clean if they are sprinkled with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a sacrificed calf. But Christ was sinless and he offered himself as an eternal and spiritual sacrifice of God. This is why his blood is much more powerful and makes our conscience clear. Now we can serve the living God and no longer do things that lead to death. Christ died to rescue those who have sinned and broken the old agreement. Now he brings his chosen one a new agreement with his guarantee of God's eternal blessing. In fact, making an agreement of this kind is like writing a will. This is because the one who makes the will must die before it is of any use. In other words, a will doesn't go into effect as long as the one who made it is still alive. Blood was also used to put the first agreement into effect. Moses told the people all the law said they must do. Then he used red wool in a hyssop plant to sprinkle the people and the book of the law with the blood of bulls and goats and with water. He told the people, with this blood, God makes his agreement with you. Moses also sprinkled blood on the tent and on everything else used in worship. The law says that almost everything must be sprinkled with blood and no sins can be forgiven unless blood is offered. These things are only copies of what is in heaven and so they had to be made holy by these ceremonies. But the real thing in heaven must be made holy by something better. This is why Christ did not go into a tent made by humans and was only a copy of the real one. Instead, he went into heaven and is now there with God to help us. Christ did not have to offer himself many times. He wasn't like a high priest who goes into the most holy place each year to offer the blood of an animal. If he had offered himself every year, he would have suffered many times since the creation of the world. But instead, near the end of time, he offered himself once and for all, so he could be a sacrifice that does away with sin. We died only once, and then we are judged. So Christ died only once to take away the sins of many people. But when he comes again, it will not be to take away sin. He will come to save everyone who is waiting for him. Amen. Let me go ahead and read that in the more familiar New King James, which uh, I am blessed to love it. <laughs> I hope, how you doing? God bless you. The love of the Lord be upon you. I give you a hug. Thank you for being here and listening to the words of the Bible, the words of God that gives us eternal life. Amen. All right, Hebrews 9, verse 11 through 26. Please listen up. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. Having obtained eternal redemption, 
For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkle the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have to suffer often since the foundations of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go ahead and please get your communion elements ready. The bread and the juice that represents the body of Christ. Jesus said in, in John 6.26, it says, Work not for the food that perishes, but for the food that leads to eternal life. This is what we're working for. We're working for the bread of life that God sent down from heaven, not like Moses did, but like Jesus did, to give us bread that leads to eternal life. Let's go ahead and pick up the bread and say, thank you, Jesus, for your bread of life. Thank you, Jesus, for willingly going to the cross and giving yourself up for me so that I can enter in and worship the Lord God in cleanliness and holiness of truth. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your body. Thank you, Jesus, that you pushed us and urged us and allowed us to come in and become children of the Most High, Father God. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for willingly going to the cross. Let's go ahead and participate of the bread. Communion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your bread of life. We receive it, Lord. We say yes, 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 and amen. Be it unto us according to your bread of life, Lord. Be it unto us according to thy word. 
Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus took the cup and said, Drink this. This is the new covenant in my blood for the remission of sins, to the cleansing of sins, for the purification. If any of us have sins, let us confess them now. Say, Lord, forgive me of my wrongs, for I have done wrong. Cleanse me of my heart. Cleanse me of my sins. I confess, Lord God. Cleanse my heart and my life from any wrong, any thought, any word that I have done, Lord. Restore me and reset me again, Lord, according to your purification of your blood, your goodness. The standard of your blood, be it unto us, Lord, according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that blood. Let's go ahead and partake of the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Let's drink of the blood. Let me give you the Aaron Priestly blessing. Number 6, 24, 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for coming out here today. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your life. And the rest of your life, eternal life. See you in heaven. Amen.